Ladies and gentlemen, today we bring you not only the fighter that had one of the best fights of the year, he is a, what a lot of people, especially here at Fourth Long, most people view him as a future champion in the featherweight division. He is currently the number eight ranked featherweight in the world. Ladies and gentlemen, we bring you the one and only Josh Emmett. What's up, guys? How you doing? Josh, uh, we really appreciate you taking some time um, every day to be able to bring us this amazing interview, especially after that really just, of course, everyone thought this was going to be an amazing fight. It was an amazing fight on paper. And you and Shane Burgos really showed out for us. And what was your mindset kind of going to this fight? Because there's a lot of hype behind it. But also, I want to talk about what you said after the fight as well, how, um, everyone in the media was doubting you. Can you kind of take us through that? Yeah, so my mindset going into the uh, the fight, I I worked my ass off. Like you're saying, there's a lot of hype behind him. I see the, the UFC, um, you know, they, they, they try to build people up and things like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, my mindset, I was going to go in there and completely outclass and make it look easy and put him away in the first round. Uh, but with what happened to my knee, I, I completely – tore up my knee in the first 15 seconds of the first round so my game plan completely went out the out the window and I had to just kind of I had to dig down deep man that's you're if you're playing like I'm playing like mind games and talking to myself you got like that the good conscience and the bad conscience and it's like I guarantee what I was going through I can say most fighters would have just quit right there mm-hmm. or for sure they would have just looked for a way out and and, and that would have been okay then a few days fast forward they come out with the the injury and it's like okay yeah that was severe i understand but not me you know it's like do you i have i know where i would be right now if if i did something like that Mm -hmm. um i'd be super down and i would be like i'd be so pissed at myself um knowing that you know i gave up or quit or or something like that and then to get the loss and then what happened to my knee (laughs) i'd be in a bad place so uh, yeah, I just, man, my, my mindset, my, my mentality is I feel like I have the, the toughest mindset in the game. Mm-hmm. No one's going to mentally break me. I'm willing to go through hell, uh, and, 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 and like endure a great deal of pain as long as I get my hand raised. And, and, and I've, I've done it time and time before where I've, I've had my debut. I took a fight on four day notice. I flew across the world against a tough guy. Um, I had the worst hand injury in uh, UFC history. I had a compound fracture. My bone is sticking out of my finger, and my finger's mm-hmm. flapping around. I thought he kicked my <laughs> my finger off, but I, I'm hiding it from the ref because mm-hmm. I know they'll stop the fight, and I would lose. And and I'm not I'm not willing to lose. I broke my ribs. I broke my hands in fights. I I, I thought I would, uh, just so much pain. So what I was going through, and people talk about adrenaline, and they're like, oh, adrenaline's a hell of a thing, like. No, this, this hurts so bad. I don't, I don't get, yeah, we have a little, uh, we have adrenaline going obviously, but mm-hmm. I do this for a living. Like I've done this for over a decade. I've been an athlete my entire life, wrestled at like the state tournament, the national tournaments. Um, I've been fighting. How, how do you get better at fighting? You, you, you drill, you practice, you fight. I don't get nervous at all. It's like a glorified sparring match to me. I treat it like a big finals match. Um, so, it, so it's like me saying like, hey, you go to work. Uh, you stub your toe really bad. Oh, <laughs> adrenaline's a hell of a thing, right? Like, no, you feel that. Like, I feel everything, and it's so painful. And people are amazed by, 
They're like, oh, you sh- shouldn't have been able to walk. That's that's why in my mind, it wasn't a good fight to me. Like, because I'm capable of so much more in this fight, I was really going to go out there and just I was going to show like uh, the whole um, just a, a new level of my game, just things I haven't showed before. I was going to mix things up, and I was literally going to go in there and just. You know, just I, I don't think he gets out of the first round, let alone the, the second. Mm-hmm. If I have two legs, I, I couldn't sit down on my punches when I was throwing my overhand right. Like I was mm-hmm. hitting him hard, but I wasn't hitting him 100 percent because I could not sit on that leg because my leg would give out. I couldn't throw right kicks because my knee would buckle and give out. I couldn't like put my weight over to the left and like rip the liver or, you know, big hooks or, or left uppercuts because my knee would buckle. Um, so people are saying like how tough his chin was and like, yeah. And, and Burgos, he, he's, he's a good dude, man. He, he had nothing but respect leading up to the fight. Um, you know, we were kind of like joking around bantering back and forth during the fight. Uh, and then afterwards, nothing but respect to him, his, his coaches. What were you kind of saying during the fight? If you're with that banter, yeah, no, it's it's just funny. Like, all right, so with the 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 arena, or not even the arena, it's like a hangar that's like pitch black, yeah, quiet. Mm-hmm. Um, our coaches are trying to like manipulate the judges because mm-hmm. there's so they're trying to persuade them by things they're saying. And so, like when I would drop him and he'd go down laughing, um, he'd be like, "Fuck, that was a good one." And uh, you know, his coach was trying to what he was telling him so the judge would hear he's like hey it's okay it's okay shane don't worry about it you won the first two rounds and i like i said to his coach i said he didn't win the first two rounds and then shane started laughing and then we're just kind of just going back and forth and then when uh one of my coaches chris was saying the next time i dropped him down or dropped him mm-hmm. he's like watch out for the arm bar because he hit that slick submission against kurt holliball mm-hmm. and i, I he's, he's good uh he's, his jits is good too so I was like, I was like, oh, I know. And then he's like, he was just saying stuff. He was just <laughs> laughing about that. And then I was like, elbowing him in the face. And, uh, it was, it was actually fun. It was like for a fight, like it was entertaining. It was exciting. It, it, it was fun. We had a good time. But yeah, he's he, he's a good dude. And then I just see, uh, you talking about the rankings and those just came out and they they dropped him four spots in the rankings. I think he should have stayed exactly where he's at. Like, mm-hmm. or if, at worst case, he drops down one, but I don't even think he drops down one. I think he stays at 10. Mm-hmm. I, I saw some little clip, someone snapshot it and sent me. It's all like premeditated. These guys, they have already like, okay, if I win, which was a low probability, it said, uh, if he wins, which is medium, and then vice versa, if I lose, I'm out of the top 15, which makes no sense. If, if he wins, <laughs> he goes to number seven. I'm like, but me, I stayed at eight. So mm-hmm. I was like, that that's that's the that's the stuff i'm talking about with the media like and mm-hmm. it, it's all favoritism everything's biased there's political or there's politics and everything and so it's like it's just frustrating and, and i wasn't singling out like anik or bisping or the commentators i wasn't mm-hmm. talking about them i think i was just super pissed about my knee because i knew it was going to be bad because how painful it was mm-hmm. and i have a super high pain tolerance and so people probably thought like oh he'll be okay i was like i blew out my acl but it's actually it turned out to be worse because i not only completely tore my acl in half i i tore my mcl i sprained my lcl i uh, i had a baker assist in the back of my knee that completely ruptured um and blew up and that's why i have all this swelling and pain and then when i tore my acl my bone my femur and my mm-hmm. tibia hit so hard together 
um, that I fractured my femur, I fractured my tibia, and I took out a huge chunk out of uh, the cartilage that sits between the two. So it, it, it's worse than I than I uh, thought. Yeah. It, would yeah, well, be. it sounds like you beat Tiago Santos in terms of how messed up you got that's during cool. a fight. <laughs> yeah, and that's what. And he had an ACL, you know, and which is, it's painful. And people are like, "It's cool though," because I was getting a lot of like positive messages and people just saying like how inspiring I was, and they. They don't know how I did that with because they just tore, like tore, not mm -hmm. completely ruptured their ACL. They tore their ACL in certain things, and they're like, "I couldn't even stand up. I don't understand how you fought on that." And I'm like, "That that's why I had to dig down deep and mm -hmm. like literally, I put hundreds of hours into this camp, and 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 the first thing going through my mind is like, you know, like obviously I'm like, fuck, and mm -hmm. then I'm like, I'm not going home with one check. Like I'm not going home <laughs> with one check. Like. I said, we got 14 and a half minutes. Let's just bite down on the mouthpiece. And, and I'm not going to do what I wanted to do. I use a lot of lateral movement and, you know, change levels and mix things up. Mm -hmm. But uh, I just had, I had to just stand there in the pocket. And the good thing about Shane's style, he still kept coming to me. So I'm like, okay, this is perfect. I can stay here right. and just like, you know, block punches, counter, slip, punch. But every time he would kick me on the inside of the leg, it looked worse than it was too, because it wasn't that it was hard that mm -hmm. I was like kind of falling. My knee kept buckling. There was absolutely no stability, like nothing. It was like, it was the most painful, one of the most painful things. I, I don't even know most painful, but really I've gone through a lot of painful things. Uh, Can we get a top three real quick? If that, if you can't name a one. Yeah, I'll, I'll say <laughs> definitely top three. Uh, it was just, it was crazy. I never experienced anything like that. And then for my, my, my knee just to keep buckling and buckling mm -hmm. and buckling is like, I, I guess just because your, your muscles kind of when that happens my muscles weren't firing anymore so mm. like nothing what my quads hamstrings were just kind of gone compared to what my or what my pt is saying that's crazy um, so that's why i'm retraining everything right now um mm -hmm. and strengthening those and getting the swelling down and, and and just rehabbing i'm literally doing two pt sessions a day i'm doing strength and conditioning um i'm just doing everything i can just really utilizing the performance institute right now and the UFC mm -hmm. taking care of me and I extended you know my hotel stay uh they're, they're taking care of like our, our car they're, they're just doing everything I'll fly my wife and I back when we want to and then most likely I'm just kind of on the fence about the the surgery you know yeah. there are a lot of people mm -hmm. that have no ACLs and they do really well but then you know there's there's some really good doctors uh they'll send me the best specialist um so, I'm sure the UFC has a lot at its disposal. For sure, that performance institute looks amazing. <laughs> uh, yeah, with the yeah. whole, um, you know, having to go into rehab right after the fight and stuff like that. You know, I know it plays into a lot to the mindset of a fighter. How did you kind of go from, you know, especially since you won? Not everybody who it gets injured wins their fight. How do you kind of go from winning the fight and switching up to now? I have to focus on getting better and working on this injury like how do you kind of keep your mindset positive yeah no it's just man i i'm so disciplined and and so determined to just be a world champion you know like that, that's 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 my my mentality like i i've always been a fan of mixed martial arts i was watching the ufc back in high school and back in 99 and stuff like that getting the pay-per-views before it was mainstream and all mm -hmm. this stuff and uh, I always thought, you know, because coming from a wrestling background, I was like, oh, I could do this, you know. Um, but then when Uriah actually opened his gym in 05, and, and I went in there uh, because I wanted to fight, but then I ended up going to, you know, school and stuff to get my degree. And also uh, I wanted to wrestle at the four-year level because I knew it would get 
I would get better. But I only wanted to fight in the UFC. Like it was UFC or nothing from the get go when I was an amateur. Uh, if I lost the amateur fight, I was done fighting. Uh, if I can't, if I can't beat an amateur, what makes me think I can get to the UFC, especially at my age? And I say that because I was I started older than most people. Mm-hmm. So if I was younger, you have time to develop. With my age, I did not. As I was fighting on the regional scene, I was uh, I was doing doing well. Same thing. As I got to like five and zero as a pro, if I lost, I was quitting because it would set me so far back. And I was like twenty eight at the time. I almost got on the um, Ultimate Fighter twice. That didn't happen. I almost got into the UFC a few times. That didn't happen. And then I was the top prospect in the country or the world, basically at that time to go uh, next if someone got injured. So every time Dana White would tell Uriah he's got to win one more fight. I would knock out a UFC vet that never been knocked out before. Got to win one more fight. I would beat a guy that had 40 pro fights. One, one, win one more. So I got to the point where I was just frustrated as hell. I didn't think it would ever happen. And and then I, you know, I got in. Mm-hmm. And then I, I set a new goal. Like, I will be a world champion. Like, if, if you don't think you're going to, if you can be a world champion, you're in the wrong business. You know what I mean? Because it's a, it's a dangerous sport, if you want to call it that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so so my mindset, I will be a world champion. I just need the opportunities. I never had any push or anything like that. They they build up certain guys that they they think can they can make big stars out of 100%. and things like that. But but my my whole thought process was as long as I just win fights, you know, everything I set out to accomplish and everything I want will fall into place. And, and that's what's happening. It, it's finally happening. So it's like you know, I'm beating all these guys, and then everyone's just like, oh, he's just this this little stocky guy with the overhand right. That's all he has. He's lucky. Okay, I'm a lucky guy then because I continue to win every fight, you know, <laughs> most of my fights. Um, and then, then I feel like this is the fight where everyone was kind of counting me out. And I, and I see a lot of stuff and journalists just saying, like, he's going to completely outclass me because he's, he's taller, he's bigger, he's younger, he has higher output. And I'm like, look at our – I'm like, where is this – not taking anything away from Shane because I knew mm-hmm. he, it was going to be a tough fight. He's a great fighter, but just it's he's not on my level. I don't think a lot of these guys are. And, and so I was like, where's this hype coming from? Look at my resume. Look at his. Look at the guys we fought, okay? Um, I think that speaks for itself. And, mm-hmm. and, and then with that, you know, how I keep – I was disappointed because I didn't think it was the best performance on my end because I know what I can do. And mm-hmm. I did barely even scratch the surface on that fight. But everyone else loved it. And then to come out and, and have all the injuries I sustained, it, it, it's good in a sense that, you know, people are talking about it. And, and Dana knows now. He sees the value in me. That was the first time he's ever seen me fight live. He's seen me fight on I TV. I saw you talk about that. Yeah, and it, yeah. It's, it's different. So you, you watch on TV. Mm-hmm. That does not do justice for watch sitting cage side and seeing how fast and hard we hit each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I knew the, the first time Dana watches me fight live, I will make a fan out of him. And he was jumping out of his seat, clapping, ooing and awing, and the whole time and standing up, just round applause, came up and was talking to me after and just like, man, that was hell of a fight. And I was like, I was just, I wish I would have had a, <laughs> been more positive at the time because mm-hmm. I was just I was so damn pissed about my knee. You know, and then just certain things leading up to it with the media and stuff. And then I don't even know where that came from. I was just, I was just pissed because I see all the, and I don't care that they're picking certain people to win. That's their job. That's not what I'm talking about. It's like mm-hmm. when I do an interview with someone that I think I'm cool with, and then they do an interview with my opponent, and then they come out with, okay, yeah, Burgos is just going to walk through him and make it look easy. And I was just like, I was like, screw you, man. I, but so I wasn't singling any mm-hmm. person out, just things leading up to it. And then I was just, 
piss about the knee, piss about that. And I just, you know, I was like, it just, you know, no, it is I, what it is. I didn't fault you for that. It just looked like a man that was coming off a great fight, but obviously there's something wrong with your knee. When, um, when that happened, it always seems like it looks like the littlest thing, like it's just how you kind of tweak your knee. It always seems like that's what does it for an ACL. So I yeah. kind of, um, I kind of just guessed that, oh, with how it looked, I was like, oh, no, he probably tore his ACL. And, yeah, and that's exactly because, and I did it to myself. It's the first, like, 15 seconds when I go to blitz him with punches, and yeah. then I back and hyperextend my knee. And at that time, it's like, I was asking my PT, I was like, because I fought on it, did I continue to damage the knee? And she's mm -hmm. like, no, it's that first initial hyperextension. You completely did everything there. So it's like... But yeah, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give up and, and go home with half a check mm -hmm. and then be sitting here in this hotel room just super pissed, you know. Mm -hmm. So, but at least you know I, I got three checks. You know, I got my show, my win. I got a uh, fight of the night and people talking about fight of the year candidate. I was pissed too because if I if I had my knee, I could have put him away. Mm -hmm. I, I I don't know if he gets out of the second round honestly, but in the third, I would have finished him on mm -hmm. the ground, but I could not push off of. My leg, when he gave me his back, I would have took his back. I couldn't stand up and push off. When he stood up and had his back to me and his face there, I would have kicked him in his face. But I could not – I couldn't put all my weight on my left. So I just mm -hmm. stood there and you could see him walk back to the center. Um, I would have got four checks because I would have got – that's – you know, if I would have finished him in that fashion too, mm -hmm. I would have got four. I was talking to Dana about it. So I was just like, a uh, little, yeah. little bummed about see. that. But, uh, you know – the most important thing to me is is a win, and, mm -hmm. and I felt like before that fight, I was two fights away from fighting for the title. With that performance, even though I feel like it's what I said, um, I'm seeing everyone now is saying like, I wouldn't be mad if Josh got the winner of Volkanovski Holloway. That's what I want. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I, and maybe maybe this is like a you know a silver lining and a blessing in disguise. I was about to ask uh, that that exact wording. Yeah, everyone everyone in the top six is mm -hmm. booked already so i'm like i'm seeing so much of that and everyone keeps talking about that fight and wanting mm -hmm. to see me fight one of them that's what i'm gunning for so i'm, I'm campaigning for that i i want to fight the winner of them and, and i think volkanovsky is going to have the same outcome just because stylistically styles make fights and mm -hmm. that's a bad matchup for max even though max is a phenomenal fighter and was you know recognizes the goat at one time but Volkanasi and I are so similar in styles. Like I've met him in Rio. He's he's a good dude. Uh, we're like the same height, same reach. Come from wrestling backgrounds. Mm -hmm. Both super powerful, explosive. Um, yeah, I I just feel like that would be most similar to to us fighting ourselves, mm -hmm. and, and it would be a, a fun like puzzle to try to crack and solve. And and you think the Burgos fight was exciting? If Volkanovski and I fought, man. Who knows what the hell would be going on? People would be, it'd, it'd be insane. So that that's what I'm that's what I'm gunning for. Hell yeah, for sure. Um, kind of, you know, your mindset is kind of the how Alpha Team Alpha Male's been. Like a lot of fighters going out of Team Alpha Male kind of have that same mindset. You know, different levels. Obviously, it kind of takes a while to build it up. But you do you think kind of training every day with those guys and being around that group of guys kind of help push that mindset for you? Yeah, yeah, no, no, I think so, and it's either a lot of it's like, it's the heart and will to win and the determination. Mm -hmm. You either have that or you don't. I felt like I I was molded this way as a young kid. You know, I felt like I I went through a lot of things as a, a child and just adversity and 
just just things with you know my mom was a single mother and raising my older brother and I and and just things just just not the best things you know a lot of like addiction and drug and mental illness and things like that so I saw a lot of things that a young child shouldn't experience or see and so I think right then it kind of like made me a stronger individual and then just just growing up and then it's like just just a little yeah just everything i've gone through man i can go into so much like detail and stuff and that mm-hmm. it made me a strong individual um just yeah just having to be there for my mom and my family and things like this in different situations and um yeah that's just that's just how i am it, it, it seems like you've gone through a lot of your life and career with that chip on your shoulder, especially being considered an underdog by many people, by the Vegas odds makers, by, like we mentioned, a lot of media. And it really does seem like that kind of chip has really give yourself an edge when it comes to your um, performances inside the octagon. Yeah, it, it motivates the hell out of me, you know, because I'm like, for one – when I see people tell me how I'm going to feel or perform and I've never even talked to them and they don't know me, I'm like, what the hell is this guy talking about? How's mm-hmm. he going to, how's he saying how I'm going to perform? And, and um, even like the whole Stevens thing, when I came back with all the facial fractures and I was seeing people and they're like, Oh, he's going to be really hesitant to do this and get hit in the face. And I'm like, have we talked? Like, how do you know that? <laughs> I'm not like, I, I'm willing to go through it again. Like I, I don't want that to happen, but I, I would still fight, you know, until the bitter end. Like mm-hmm. I've never, going to give up or quit i will never cower away you literally have to knock me out or catch me in some submission you know what i mean uh but yeah just i i think and i, I work with a mind coach i do everything right like i know what i want mm-hmm. uh, we're in a controlled environment the, the the amount of work i put into one potentially 15 minute fight it's just crazy when you put into perspective like the hundreds and hundreds of hours that i'm putting in for uh <laughs> a uh, 15 minute fight maybe maybe um, it's 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 a lot it's a lot of work so like i'm so like literally the weight cuts the hard part uh i make i make weight it's a huge sense of relief mm-hmm. is lifted off my shoulders and then uh the fight's easy man the fight is i like even that fight even though we had a you know people were saying a high pace 15 minute fight i i could have went five six more rounds at that pace like i felt so good and i and, and I've, I've i've been working with I'm really like dialed in and tuned into everything I have. Like the the pandemic and the the lockdown, the quarantine, mm-hmm. really. Uh, man, I took I took away a lot of good things. Like I I started March, like on a strict regimen, a diet, a schedule. I was working with all my my coaches, mm-hmm. uh, Danny Castillo, Chris Holdsworth, Joey Rodriguez, uh, my strength coach Darren Draven. I, I was working with all these guys individually, and I was doing my runs like run all the time i'm i'm literally doing things the best i ever felt i wasn't sure because it was different than normal i wasn't like having all these hard sparring matches all these like grueling grinding practices two three times a day so mm-hmm. i thought i felt like i thought i was in great shape i thought like i'm like i'm gonna go in here and, and perform so well and do all these things uh but it, it was kind of it was kind of scary because I, I didn't know, so I just kept saying, we'll, "We'll find out on Saturday if I am in good shape." Uh, and, and I was like the best I ever felt, the easiest weight cut mm-hmm. I ever had. I'm, I've been working with a dietitian, um, Paulina. I, I have access to all like the Performance Institute with uh, Heather, and she's like one of the best PTs in the country. I used to work with all the Olympic athletes at the OTC, and uh, even my my dietitian is uh, something special. First time I ever in making weight for like college wrestling and fighting 
I didn't use plastics at all. I did not use the sauna all camp or fight week. Wow. Easiest cut I've ever had. Um, and it's only going to continue to get better. And that was on a four week notice. I got the Burgos fight on four weeks. It was sooner than I would have liked, but mm -hmm. I don't, I don't, I don't say no to fights. I don't pass out opportunities. And so I really ramped things up for three weeks and then came out to Vegas and cut weight and, and performed well. So I, going back to the mindset and everything like in the injury, I'm excited about this, even though it's just another, <laughs> it's another like thing I just have to overcome. It's part of my story. It's all part of my journey. I, I will come back better than, than ever. Mm -hmm. And, and I'll, I'll feel even better. And then I did this last fight, I'll perform better and I'll continue to, you know, just rise to the top, you know? And, and, and that's my, like becoming a UFC featherweight champion is inevitable. That's going to happen. Like mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's going to happen. It's just taking a little longer than I anticipated. And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, this whole story with you, it's just going to make the, um, the picture of you holding up that belt a little better than once you're able to start collecting those rubies on that belt too. It's just going to make everything seem, uh, <laughs> I, I guess, um, just you're going to have a better story. Maybe you can even get your own special on the, uh, on the UFC network. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. Who knows? We'll see what, what they got in store for me, but no, uh, yeah, it's, it's just, it's good. Like I, I'm glad the path I went, I, I've, I've had nothing handed out to me. Nothing's been given to me ever in my life. I've had to work my ass off and, and go the hard route to get there, but mm -hmm. it'll be that much sweeter when I do get to the top instead of having everything dished out and handed to me and built up and these type of things. And then people can't hold on to it because they, they haven't had like, they haven't had like the struggle and everything that I've endured in my life and my, and even my MMA career and just mm -hmm. wrestling career and everything like that. So um, yeah, I, I wouldn't have it any other way. I wouldn't change anything. No regrets? No, not at all. There we go. And with the uh, whole championship mindset, I want to ask you with another big UFC event finally happened on UFC Fight Island. Uh, what, what do you think are, uh, the results are going to be for those three title fights coming up? Yeah, like I, like I said, I think Volkanovski gets it done again. Mm -hmm. um, does it go the distance again? Or does he actually get it stopped this time? I don't know. I, I, I could see him. I don't know. I, I could see him like putting him away, but I don't know. I, I really think Volkanovski is going to win. Like the, the other fight was, I thought he won every single round, you mm -hmm. know, four to one for sure, possibly five, five Oh, um, max. The only way if he were to like catch him or something and TK him, but I, I just don't see that happening. Volkanovski's powerful. I could even, I wouldn't be surprised if Volkanovski, you know, TK would max, mm -hmm. uh, as far as Usman Burns, that's going to be, I think we're going to find out real soon. They know, you know, they, they know they, their friends or training partners. They, they know who's the, the better fighter, even though it, anything can happen. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I don't know. I could see, I could see Gilbert upsetting Usman. You know, I really could just because I know, I know uh, Usman's wrestling's better. Mm -hmm. Gilbert's ground game is better. I think Gilbert's striking is better. He, he's more aggressive um, but also with him being so aggressive coming in, I could see Usman catching him or something. But I, I don't know. I, I kind of just have a gut feeling Usman's going to – I mean, uh, Burns is going to upset Usman. And then for Aldo, Peter Yawn, I'm not sure. I, Sorry, I, he's I, been kind of getting mad at people for St. Peter. It's uh, Piotr. Oh, Piotr. I'll call him Yawn. It's so funny. <laughs> he's been getting really mad like uh, with people calling Peter. <laughs> 
really. That's, funny. <laughs> that's why we got Sugar Sean just purposely calling Peter now just to spite him. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So, uh, yeah, probably, yeah, I, I don't know. I kind of see Yanni. He's a younger guy. I could see him pulling it off. But then mm-hmm. Al, Al is a legend, man. He looked phenomenal in his last fight against uh, Marias. Mm-hmm. And and I, I did think he won that fight, you know. We did. Me so, too. <laughs> yeah, we all agreed on that one. <laughs> I don't know. I I'm just if I had to bet, I'd go with Aldo. Just he's a legend. He looks great. Like I'll pick Aldo to win and and, and you know keep that get that 35 title. That'd be mm-hmm. awesome for him. But yeah, if if I had to bet on one, I'm going with Burns, Aldo, and Volkanovski. That's a great pick right there. Then what about um, tomorrow's card then with um, number five Dan Hooker against um, number three Dustin Poirier? I think Poirier will pull it off. Um, Hooker has been looking better and better every every time, and uh, but Poirier, man, he's fought he's fought the best. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was an interim champion. He just fought Khabib. Um, his striking, his boxing is really good. He has great just just Hooker is long, you know, mm-hmm. so Hooker can utilize that reach and actually stay long and, and fight long and just pump that jab and those teeps and stuff like that and stick to the game plan. But I, I still. I see Poirier just getting inside and, and landing big shots, working the body, and then it'll set up the big shots upstairs. Mm-hmm. So I, I see Poirier uh, pulling off a win. See, the crazy thing about Dustin, though, is that in his fight last year with um, Khabib, he was realistically, he had that guillotine in really deep. And I thought he was about to submit for a second, but he said he was like one guard pass away from getting the submission. So Dustin Poirier, very well. Like, if he made one different change on the ground, he could be the champion right now. It could be yeah. Poirier. exactly no no he's 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 so good too you know he's he's like a, a super well-rounded martial artist and i just see him uh not looking easy not going in there making it look easy but i, I kind of mm-hmm. think he's gonna kind of pick him apart and you know get off uh pull off a huge one uh, another question i have for you is there was a big debate after one of your teammates cody garbrandt's last event there was two big knockouts on that card with Sugar Sean and Cody Garbrandt, which one did you like more? I know you may be a little bit biased. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I, I I liked. Uh, well, I'm also a slightly biased because you know I'm always Team Alpha Male over everybody. So I I, I, I like Cody's better. I think Cody's is more ferocious and just clean. Yeah, same here. Technique. And think about who he knocked out. He, yeah, knocked and out. yeah, who he knocked out the number three ranked guy in the world, uh, Eddie Wineland. I I didn't even know he was still in the UFC. <laughs> uh, no, no, he's a he's a great fighter, but I honestly I didn't even know. And then I saw that fight, and I was like, oh, I thought I thought he retired or he was cut or something. I didn't mm-hmm. even know. Um, and and there, you know, O'Malley's a good fighter. He he's a good fighter, um, but he's also getting built up. Um, yeah, but of course, yeah, Cody's mm-hmm. knockout was way better. So can we at least talk about um, I guess Sean's reaction on Twitter? to the knockout saying something like along the lines of not bad uh for mine <laughs> uh, i mean that, for cody yeah that's what he said uh, i uh, thought it was I, funny I, I didn't even see that yeah he, he is a funny guy man he's mm-hmm. a character he is entertaining and i think a lot of the stuff he's like when he's doing those little skits and like mimicking uh he was mimicking ferguson and doing some other but he he's he's a funny guy man I get a kick out of that. Well, it's about um, one of my favorite guys in in terms of, like impressions is Bilal uh, Muhammad, who would do those videos making fun of Tony Ferguson or Paul Felder and stuff like that. Have you seen some of his stuff? Yeah, yeah, he's funny too, and, and that's another one that uh, we were both fighting uh, sh- the Shulman camp 
on this fight too. So, because uh, he fought, uh, man, what's his name? Uh, what's his name? Who, who's Burgos' teammate that just fought on the the card? Um, uh, I, yeah. He fought um, Lemon Good. Yeah, yeah, Lemon Good. So, yeah, so that that's the thing. Like they were both coming out here, and then we. Uh, you know, he, he was lined up right in front of me, the first away, and I was second. I was like, mm -hmm. oh, I like I like this, how this started off on Friday. I said, because you're going to start us off, and I'm going to seal the deal. We're both going to upset the, the Shulman camp, and, and we did exactly <laughs> that. So I'm sitting mm -hmm. backstage, like, warming up, and I'm watching him fight, and, and he's he's winning, and then he pulls off the win, and then I, I, I'm like, all right, I got to go in there and do what I said. I got to, you know, seal the deal, and uh, and we did that. So that was, that was awesome. <laughs> That's super cool, actually. <laughs> So, um, let's see, so we're talking about, um, like the UFC covering your costs with the performances to extend your hotel, say in the car and all that. Can we talk about, um, what John Jones is doing right now and like what guys like Corey Mazadal is doing right now? John Jones recently came out and said that he's willing to hold out if it means these younger guys get, I, I guess, like increased pay, get better pay, get paid more for uh, like a more percentage what is your opinion on the ufc pay is it enough should you guys be getting paid more yeah i think man i i, I think it's never going to be enough um <laughs> for what we do just because you know, it's it's a uh, like some people will say like oh man you made more than so and so did in a whole year mm -hmm. but but i'm i'm working my ass off for the whole year and we can get injured and we don't have benefits. We don't have retirement. Um, and those people that are saying that they could go do that too, but there's only 500 of us in the world that are in the UFC. It's like, it's like saying like someone that plays in the NFL or the MLB, it's like, Oh man, those guys, but they're making serious cash. But, and I think it, it would be nice to make, uh, maybe it's, if it's on some tiered system or, uh, just, just something where we get more of a percentage from, uh, from the gate, from mm -hmm. sale, certain things from pay-per-view, um, because there's a lot of celebrities, like A-list celebrities, that are huge fans of the UFC and us, and even all sports platforms. Like they come mm -hmm. to the fights, and you know, I, I just think it is kind of hard when someone is their their UFC debut, and maybe they get it on short notice, and they they fly somewhere you know, a different country. And so they're paying for all these expensive flights for their coaches. They pay for hotels. Uh, I think the entry level now is like it's 10 and 10 or 12 and 12 for the UFC. Mm -hmm. That's nothing, man. No. Especially if you go in there and you get the hell beat out of you in front of the world mm -hmm. uh, and you get one paycheck and then you just spent $6,000 in airfare, a few thousand dollars in hotel expenses. You, you, <laughs> you have to pay taxes. You got to pay managers. You got to pay coaches. You, you, people like that, that you can go in debt in your first UFC fight. And that's, mm -hmm. that's not right. Um, you know, the, the champions, they're, they're doing well, you know, it's like you fight for the title. It's, it, it's guaranteed money, big money. You win that title. There's some disclosed stuff. You defend the title. You get pay-per-view points on a big card. That's life-changing. That that's good money. And, and that's only when you're making like, you know, million or a few million you know what i mean so it's like mm -hmm. which i think that you're the the best fighter on the planet in that weight class you look at boxers that are making hundreds of millions of dollars like 
and, and so like the champions get paid, but I think other people like myself and mm -hmm. you know even feel below me, it's like, it's never going to be enough unless we're, you know, unless we're getting like, okay, I don't know, even five, like 500,000 a show, you know, it's like you, you're the next fight could be, be the end of your career. You don't know. So if there was some type of, uh, like security or we had benefit just something you know if you and, guys just had like basic health benefits and maybe like almost like a i guess a retirement plan or a stipend or something like that something, yeah something some type of stipend some, some type of something you know mm -hmm. yeah it would be great um because you never you never know it's like if, if i was done fighting right now it's like i would have to just go get another job somewhere mm -hmm. you know but then i i i <laughs> not wasted but i've worked most of my life to get here like where i'm at um and, and nothing's promised nothing there's no security you know mm -hmm. what i mean and it's like you go and the thing that i don't like is the show and win like i, I really don't like that mm -hmm. just because i'm fighting just as hard to win i'm trying to finish the mm -hmm. fight with every strike i throw but if you you don't win you get half a check like that's it, it's kind of like you know, say say you went and worked ten hours at your job, and and all of a sudden you came back one minute late from your your lunch break. They're like, oh, we're just gonna pay you half today. Right. Uh, no, like you know, it's the same thing. It's just it's kind of it, it's tough, mm -hmm. uh, and that's a that's a tough subject to you know talk on. But I yeah, I do think we should give more pay, of course. I think I saw a figure where it's something like in most sports, like in the um, NFL, for example that the owners get 51% of the revenue while the players get 49% of the revenue. But in the UFC, it's the fighters only get around, I believe it was 25 to 30, maybe 30% of the total revenue. No, I think it's less. It's way, it's like, no, sorry, you're, it's way less. It's like 10 to 13% and, and that, and that the top guys are getting most of that 10%, mm -hmm. 13%. So it's, it's, su it's super low. And then you're seeing like 90 to 87 percent are going to the owners and the investors and stuff like that so that's why it's uh it's tough and maybe that may don't do a 51 49 split but mm -hmm. something a little something better like double that go or go to 30 you know at least right do 60 40 you mm -hmm. know so everyone can make like a a, a decent living because for what we do because it's it is like we're one of the a handful it's like winning the lottery if you think about it there's there's literally 500 people men women all weight classes on the roster in the ufc in the world mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's it's weird um hopefully like i've said a lot that dana white is probably the he is the best president in the major sporting organizations at least right. in the united states with all that he puts on but one part it, where he's lacking is in fire pay and benefits so if he's able to hopefully something something works out from that yeah no and he, he's a great guy I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for i'm grateful for the ufc i'm just mm -hmm. saying like yeah of course i'm always going to say yeah. we, we should get paid more but i wouldn't have what i have now i wouldn't have been able to travel the world i i wouldn't have been able to like get this type of pay during this pandemic if it wasn't for dana mm -hmm. uh getting getting the ufc up and running being the only sport in the world and more eyes on us and yeah so so i'm i'm, I'm definitely grateful but do I wish I had more money? Of course, I wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, that's a no-brainer. If I <laughs> right. <laughs> so, is John Jones going to be successful in his quest to maybe not help out just himself, but every other fighter? I'm not sure, man. I, 
just with him laying off, like retiring isn't going to help us. Like the fighters would have to get together and everyone would have to do something, but just with one person retiring, mm-hmm. that does nothing for us. What about a fighters union? Has that yeah, come they, up at all? Yeah, they've tried that in the past several times, mm-hmm. you know, multiple times. I, I, I don't think in, in my career that's going to happen, but we are one of the only major sporting events that aren't unionized, mm-hmm. but you know, it's who, who knows. So I, 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 <laughs> and there's, yeah, everyone always talks about that and yeah, it hasn't happened yet. And I don't see it happening in my career. That's fair. Jalen, did you um, have something? Um, I think my last question is, do, do you prefer, cause I've, I've heard a lot of fighters saying, either they do prefer or they like it better that now that there's no crowd and they kind of focus more, do you prefer the crowd or do you prefer now being quiet arenas? Uh, man, I love the fans. Like I, I feed off the energy. I feed off the crowd. Uh, the, the one thing I, I thought that uh, fighting with no crowd, it was going to be more of a neutral playing field because I've been on both, uh, both ends. Uh, when I'm fighting in Sacramento and, mm-hmm. and the crowd is insane and they're all rooting for you. I've also fought people when I'm in their home city and it's complete silence when I'm hitting them, but they hit me with some like little jab and the crowd goes crazy. It, it does manipulate the, the judges and persuade them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I thought it would be more neutral in that sense. But then you have our corners. They're trying to uh, manipulate the judges and just saying a bunch of weird, funny things that they normally don't say <laughs> just to kind of like, they're like cheering me on and, and he his coach is doing the same thing and then you hear the commentators too and if they're just completely set on one person the judges hear that too mm-hmm. so um it's it's not what i thought i thought it'd be a super neutral playing field but it's really not mm-hmm. and so if i had to pick i'm picking the fans all day because i love the ufc like mm-hmm. the fan i love my fans um not all ufc fans because some of them are just they're off the wall like they're Say, <laughs> can we just say the Conor McGregor fans yeah they say some idiotic things but like I love my fans and uh and uh yeah they they, they just they really get me through um uh, when the fight when I'm tired and they're cheering it, it really like mm-hmm. I feed off that energy and, and I push through it and I try to be even more entertaining because I, I love the crowd you know mm-hmm. I'm a little torn because on one hand, if you and Burgos were fighting in front of a sold-out 20,000-seat arena, probably in like T-Mobile, they would have been going crazy. But at the same time, I really appreciate there not being any people there, so I can really hear just how extremely powerful your strikes are. Even with your destroyed leg, you were still laying some heavy stuff on him, and it sounded amazing on the TV. But even there in, in, in person, like, so much louder. Like, even my coaches were saying that, like, you hit him with some shots and they print. Like, they, they said it was like, it was like, it was just gross, you know, how hard I hit him. Like, they're cringing, but they want, obviously, they're, they're happy about it, but they're like, oh, you hit him so hard sometimes. And, and, and I still, I wasn't throwing him 100%. And mm-hmm. that's the reason why people are giving him, good, he, he does have a chin. He, but I couldn't sit on those punches. That's why in the third, I switched my stance real quick and then I could sit on my punches with my in a southpaw stance and that's why I dropped them with a straight left mm-hmm. then it worked so then I threw a left overhand and I could sit on that punch and I dropped them with the overhand left but if I had my leg that on my left leg and I could sit on that and put all that weight on that front leg I would have put him out in the first round or the second round mm-hmm. um, 
you're dealing some heavy, heavy stuff. I love, I guess one of the best parts about this empty arena kind of era is you, the my two favorite fights I've seen so far is yours. Um, and then Dressing Gaethje's when he fought Tony Ferguson yeah, at UFC 249. I was not not to brag, but I did predict that happening, you know. <laughs> but yeah, Gaethje's man, that he's, he's so right. I think he's gonna upset Khabib. I really, I I really believe that he's the man to do it. Dustin Poirier came out and said before the fight that if anyone's going to beat Khabib, it's going to be Justin, and yeah, I hundred percent believe that now. Hopefully we get that soon because, um, I mean, with, August, right? I, I think the goal is September now because with UFC 251 with, um, the trilogy with, with CPA in, in Daniel Cormier oh, that taking place. And also with the stuff going on with, with Khabib's father, he's beat the, the COVID, but he's still not in a great state. It's that hurts to hear about him. And I, you know, thoughts out yeah. to, to his father. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then I want to uh, ask you now. It's going to be probably going to be a while. Do you have a timeline on how long you might be out for? Uh, it just depends. Like I was saying, like if I don't do the surgery, um, I'm going to make a decision in a few <laughs> weeks. But uh, what I'm going to do. But typically, if I do the surgery, they say nine to twelve months. For that's ordinary people. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll beat that. I'll be fighting before the nine month mark. I'll guarantee you that if I go that route. And so, um, my question to you is once you come back, once you come back healthy, once you come back better than ever, what is next for Josh Emmett? Man, I want that big fight. So maybe, like I said, maybe this bypasses my, my next round because everyone's tied up. Mm-hmm. And gets, uh, gets a win against Holloway. And he's gonna want some time off. I want. I want to fight. I want to fight him in Vegas on the March card for the title. Fans have to be back for that by then. You would at least hope. But that would be such a phenomenal fight. I would. You were talking earlier that the stylistic matchups, and a lot of people believe. I believe this too. Is styles make fights, and then oh, having yeah. you guys, it, it'd be like a, a chess match. Um, yeah, 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 it, it, yeah. It would be. That's the toughest fight. He's he's the best. He's the best one in our division. And so mm-hmm. it's like, I'm gunning for the best. I I want to fight the best. You know, I feel like I am the best featherweight in the division. Give me that opportunity and, and let me put on a hell of a show for the fans and and prove them right All or wrong. I can't wait for you to see. Can't wait to see you hold that title above your head. I can't wait to see you as champion come back to a, the Golden One Arena in Sacramento, California. See you defend the hell out of that belt. That'll happen. 